Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. Over the years, I've been very privileged to meet many amazing people who are passionate about making a difference. And Mandy Burns is one of those amazing people, and I'm delighted that she joins me today. So Mandy started as the CEO of Variety Victoria mid-December 2019, having led National Children's Charity Ardoc Youth Foundation as CEO, where she played a pivotal role in the charity's expansion and development. Previously, Mandy worked with new social networking platform Be Collective to take it from tech startup to global movement and practiced as a psychologist, relationship counsellor and educator in Melbourne and Perth. So over the years, Mandy has held numerous national and local NFP board roles, led the networking and support of women as NFP CEOs, and been recognized by Victoria's Children's Community and Telstra Business Women's Awards. So welcome, Mandy. Oh, thank you so much, Julie. It's so good to have you as part of this. And I've got so much to chat about with you today. So Let's dive into it. The essence of this podcast is about making it count. So how do you feel you are making it count in your world? For me, it's about taking responsibility and that really manifests itself in all sorts of different ways. It means I'm the person that is, you know, likely to tell the shop that there's a spill in aisle four or it means that I put my hand up to take responsibility for something that I think is important. That might be volunteering my own life. You know, one of the things I spent time doing is picking up rubbish on our beaches because I'm concerned about the impact that we have environmentally and I don't think that we do enough. And it means that in my career, I have chosen to work with kids and really living my social justice ideals. And yeah, fundamentally, it's about taking responsibility. It's about being the change that you want to see in the world and and recognising that I have to take that responsibility because if I don't or if others don't, then nothing will change. Mm. You're role modelling that responsibility in terms of, you know, the spill and I'll fall and um, picking up rubbish on the beach. But that's what we need to see more people doing because it does in you know we inspire people through our actions don't we we certainly do and I'm very conscious of being of walking my talk Mm. and so that translates in all sorts of ways sometimes it's a little bit obnoxious I'm sure but fundamentally I think it's such an important thing that each of us do what we can in the spheres that we have influence over and the things that we see. And it's that quote that if we if we accept it, if we see something that we know is wrong and we watch it, then we become part of the problem. And so that is something that drives me to act. Absolutely, 110% support what you're saying there. So now that really ties into something that you're very passionate about because you do believe that the world needs us to be active 
for the environment, for people and for vulnerable children. So can you expand a bit on that for me and how that's sort of taking you to where you are today? Yeah, well, today I'm the CEO of Variety, the children's charity, and that is all about taking responsibility. It's about filling gaps. We are a very lucky and fortunate country. We have a generally great health system and education system and national disability insurance. However, there are gaps. And so Variety is all about raising funds and being able to fill those gaps. And I guess in terms of that sort of taking responsibility, you can hear that that's probably always been part of what I've done, but I was very lucky to work with the founder of a children's charity in one of my first jobs. And I'd already at that stage as a young woman sat on national boards, etc., and also had been a part of actually shutting down good programs when there wasn't sufficient funding for them. And then I worked with this founder and she had started an organisation to respond to kids experiencing homelessness. And this was in the late 80s when we didn't actually understand that homelessness was not just the purview of older men, but rather that kids could be coming to school experiencing homelessness. And it was that sort of drive that I guess really inspired. And she, as a initially a student welfare coordinator and a teacher, listened to that story, listened to that first young person who described coming to school from the shelter of a Brotherhood of St. Lawrence clothing bin. And she then sought help and you know, various organisations and institutions and people identified that there weren't solutions or that they didn't really need to take responsibility because she was 16 and she didn't really have an address. So all sorts of things that I guess were reasons to stop, but she persisted. And it's often kind of bothered me because, oh, agitated me, it was probably a fair description, is if I would have been in her position, would I have kept things up? I know that I would have done everything in my power to make a difference and to intervene. But what would I have done when I had run out of solutions, when our systems and organisations were not responding adequately to that first young person and then other young people? And I'm scared to think maybe I wouldn't have been as persistent. It's something I hold myself to account for, but fortunately I had that lesson. And so therefore I know and know forevermore that I can take responsibility and I can persist. And sometimes our solutions aren't perfect, but acting and listening and trying to help is better than doing nothing. And more than that, if we do nothing, we become part of the problem. And so that's where I guess I'm so very fortunate and why I think making it count is really all about taking responsibility. It's about seeing something, knowing that you have the power to act and then doing something about it in whatever way you can but that acting is that critical place. And that's what inspires me and gives me joy as well in leading Variety, the children's charity, and being a part of responding to kids experiencing disadvantage and disability and illness and being able to do something about it and knowing 
and empathising and understanding that if you're a parent with a child, there's more work, it costs more and it takes a village really in many ways and it's a great privilege to be a part of that village. So, yeah, making it count is taking responsibility. Yeah, I love that. And it must be so rewarding when you provide the child with the experience or, you know, something for them, whether that be, you know, a, a weird wheelchair or a standing desk, whatever it might something in the playground. It must be so rewarding to see that come to fruition. Yeah, definitely. And and really humbling and grounding as well. The things that we often take for granted, being able to get from A to B, getting up, getting out of bed, getting out the door, going to school. I can do it in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be a good thing, um, as in I might still be a bit fluffy around the edges. But for some families and for some kids, getting up and getting out the door is a a huge journey and you know kids and families may not have the hoist to get them out of bed it they may not have the vehicle to transport the wheelchair or the materials that they might need to be at school and as i said we've got we do lots of things really well but sometimes there are just those sorts of gaps that make a difference and yeah, it fills your heart with joy to be able to make a difference, but it's also really wonderful because nothing I do happens alone. It happens because hundreds and thousands of people share my passion to make a difference to kids. Hundreds and thousands of people understand that there are gaps and hundreds and thousands of people take responsibility to help to make a difference to a child. And it means that you know, getting up and getting out to school is just that little bit easier. Yes. And you mentioned persistence before. And obviously, I think with your role and the fact that you're so driven by, you know, those hundreds and thousands of people giving to enable you to do what you do or the foundation to do what it does for, for the children, your role I'm talking about would be something that's very challenging and demanding and taking full responsibility for, you know, what you're doing and how you do it. So, and two things I find really striking about you is that you are so incredibly humble and really, really authentic, even though the responsibilities of your role can be really quite stressful and really, really challenging. And, you know, you've shared that you have experienced some flipping comments before, but what is it that keeps you anchored to who you are through these times, through the challenges? I think it's about having friends and family and being very clear about your values that probably make you anchored. But yeah, one of the things that they don't tell you is when you uh, sign up to lead an organisation, it's a roller coaster. And I mean that in the true sense of the word. There's that ultimately, you know, excitement and joy. And then there's the plunging into, you know, the abyss that can feel like your whole, you know, world is going to fall apart. You know, it's just, oh my God, where are we going to go? And after a while, you realize it's going to be okay. But, you know, just coming over sometimes, there is that real challenge and the good bits are great but the part of 
being, I guess, true to who I am is that I actually don't have the answers all the time. That was probably one of the lessons I've learned along the way. I'm the daughter of a, an engineer and a home economics teacher. Uh, what that means is between the two of them, they've got answers to most things. And so I felt very uncomfortable not having the right answer. And so being able to lean on, you know, concepts of collective wisdom, being able to lean on, you know, other people who are facing things in a similar way has been incredibly enriching. And then also running and exercising, particularly with friends. And I've got wonderful friends that I run with. And that's your, your beautiful kind of level of endorphins that uh, you can get from running or eating chocolate, one of the two or both. But the sorts of things that keep me grounded is certainly being with other people and, and sharing. And that has come from, you know, sharing on a personal level and then also sharing vulnerabilities and not being perfect. It's so empowering to know that you don't need to have the answers and yet often, and myself included, particularly in, in, in leadership, we can feel like we're imposters, that we should know something that we don't. And that, again, manifests it to, you know, sharing that I had my sort of dreams had been to have, you know, a couple of children and learning that, you know, having a baby wasn't necessarily going to be the easy thing. Part of that, you know, I would share that mostly so that people can have those conversations. And, you know, again, that's not necessarily useful for everyone, but I guess I, I believe in kind of exposing you know, I guess a level of vulnerability also enables people to relax a bit and feel a bit more like we're all normal. We've all got different things that we sort of battle. So, yeah, that sort of manifests. And sometimes it slapped me. One of the things I'd shared that, you know, I was with some women leaders and one of them introduced me to someone to say, oh, this is Mandy. She might look like a surfer girl, but she's actually, you know, a CEO of a not-for-profit. And, Indirectly, this person was making reference to the fact that I have long blonde hair. It gets brushed once in the morning, usually when it's still wet. Sometimes I do make an effort and, and brush it, you know, before a meeting as well. But yeah, I'm pretty youthful in how I um, approach things. And yeah, I don't certainly have a corporate haircut. So, uh, yeah, I guess that was sort of making – it was just a really interesting experience to have that from a group that deliberately was getting together to promote and support women's leadership and to have a, a physical commentary was, was, was interesting. But being mistaken for a surfer girl is probably a compliment, so I'll take it as such. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one -on -one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. 
So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. I love what you were sharing about that vulnerability. I, I think that's incredibly relevant for leaders today because, you know, you can look at leaders and think, oh, my God, they're amazing. You know, they've got their shit together. Like I want to be like them, that they've achieved so much and clearly they must be perfect. But behind that armour that we used to put up, it's a very, very different story. So, you know, and sharing those stories, you know, about your IVF journey, you know, it's like life's not perfect and it does, you know, encourage and inspire those conversations to happen in the workplace. And I love that you touched on the collective wisdom of having, you know, that around you. So I think that's so powerful. Being a leader almost demands us to be brave and sometimes to put on that superhero cape. And I know you've sort of (laughs) done that. So what, what are your thoughts on that? I guess for the benefit of your your listeners, I was asked to speak on on leadership to a group that was doing some uh, strategic leadership work, and I had a dream. And in that dream, it meant putting on a cape and undies. And I shared that with my brother initially. Oh no, I shared it with my girlfriend, and she was like, "Oh, sounds fantastic. That's great." I shared it with my slightly introverted engineer brother and he's like oh my god that sounds like my idea of a nightmare what does my husband think and what is anyway so I spoke to my husband and he was like oh Mandy just because you can doesn't mean you should and remarked upon the fact that I have a very high embarrassment threshold and that I think again comes from being the oldest of five kids traveling around the place living in other countries Yeah, anyway, there wasn't a lot of space for uh, embarrassment sometimes. But in the end, I did decide to don a cape and undies. And in part, I guess, to provide a very physical perspective on what it takes to be a leader. And it is about sometimes being brave, even when you're really uncomfortable. Mm. And I remember actually another leader speaking talking about it's not that you're not scared you're just brave for a little bit longer and so I I guess I held on to that and the concept of being brave and 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 putting on a cape and wearing undies means that you need to be brave for a little bit longer but I think it's also a really powerful physical image in that at good times leading people look at you and go, oh my goodness, look at our leader. You know, they're so fantastic. Look at their cape. Look at their undies on the outside. They're so amazing, taking us to greater heights and faster than a speeding bullet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes you're wearing your cape and your undies on the outside, but people are going, oh my goodness, look at them. You know, they're wearing their cape. What an idiot. And and those undies, I mean, how stupid is that? And it's at those times, actually, that leading is really difficult. There can be a whole host of things that are going on culturally or organisationally or in the world that mean that the role that you had been taking as a leader isn't quite appropriate. And then at that time, it's actually kind of working out, do you 
just keep on wearing the, the cape and undies and look a bit stupid for a while and just know that your vision is going to get get us into the right place and or is it the time that you're going to, need to go okay well at the moment this is not what needs to happen for leadership to move forward I'm better to share the cape around or empower others or maybe other people would you know would like to feel the power of wearing your undies on the outside it was just one of those things that despite the embarrassment the concept is really powerful because you know the concept of a superhero you know blazing through the, the sky <laughs> is amazing. You know, we're all excited. But, you know, me in a cape and undies is not an appealing sort of message. So, yeah, I think those are the things that are really powerful for me is recognising that there are times that are really great and then there are times that are a lot more challenging where it's really, really sticky. And coming out of COVID and through COVID, you know, in my spare time, I mentioned a leader, not-for-profit CEO women's group. And that's really about sharing collective wisdom and being able to lean on each other, providing inspiration, providing, I guess, a safe space and support when things are tricky, because those are the times that just listening or understanding is so important. Yeah. So I love that story. And just to clarify, it was undies on the outside, right? Yes, indeed. (laughs) Imagine Superman, but me in my regular clothes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So in drawing, I suppose expanding on that point, you know, about bravery and about courage, from your vast experience in leading and looking at the future, what do you think are the key attributes that a modern leader needs now? I think probably perseverance. Again, one of the things that people don't tell you is that there's actually more reasons to stop doing things sometimes. Mm. And I'm not sure if it should start in that sort of place, but, you know, leadership takes perseverance. It also takes a level of joy and hopefulness and optimism about, you know, the, the change that can be and the future that we want to create. That then means that you need to bring people with you and certainly at Variety we had a a pretty challenging time through COVID like many others. We rely on or get most of our funding from events and that fundraising then allows us to support kids. I'm proud that we were able to to do a lot and we've we've returned to sort of our pre-COVID levels of support but it was at the cost of the variety team getting pretty lean and also our supporters fundraising in, in difficult environments, but creating that shared vision and really celebrating, particularly in the role that I have and people in the community sector have, it's also about recognising the fundamental kindness that comes with what people are doing. People who are generally in this space want to affect change, believe in their capacity to do so and care about people and, and in our case particularly about kids. And, you know, we have really thoughtful and caring people and I work to create an environment that really builds and fosters that kindness that recognizes those fantastic traits that all of those people and really 
works to kind of grow and, and make kindness the sort of, I guess, a pandemic of sorts. So you can hear that very much, that perseverance, the importance of kindness. You've heard me talk about collective wisdom. Again, we don't have all of the solutions, but lots of people together generally do. And then fundamentally, it is knowing what makes you thrive. You know, as you heard, having great friends and family, running keeps me sane. If I don't run every other day, you're better off not being around me. My husband's recognised that. And then, yeah, chocolate. I do have chocolate in my drawer for either personal use or to uh, distribute freely. So those sorts of things. And I'm also a big believer in, in notes, you know, just little little pieces always make a difference, you know, capturing people doing wonderful things whether it's their generosity or kindness or enthusiasm or creativity, whatever it might be, but recognising those wonderful traits that we all have is good for all of us. It's good for me, it's good for the person and it, and it grows it. So those are probably my top things for leading and making a difference. Oh, I love that, Manny. There's so many great things in that. And I do believe that that was a great place to start because leadership is very much about that because it's not all easy. So yeah, so much in that. So thank you. Now, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners as a final message? Look, the main thing is about responsibility and it it just really never doubt that a small group of people can change the world. It's the only thing that ever has. So in lots and lots of different ways, you know, we're all little stars. We all shine bright in different ways. And whatever it is that you're shining light on does make an impact and know that you can affect change. And the things that you worry about, the things that you feel feisty about, we need you to be feisty. And we need you to, I talk about sometimes enlightened rage. Yeah, if something makes you angry and, you know, we can do something about it. You know, find friends, find other people that share your view and do just do something, something little, even talking about it can make a huge impact. So, yeah, that's my my big uh, message is see something and do something about it to, to make the change that we want to see in the world. Yes, thanks, Manny. And that's such a great note to finish on. So thank you for shining your light so bright for what you're doing now for the charity and for the kids and for people to aspire to be, you know, like you. And I love what you said about being feisty and following that feistiness to really make a difference. And so thank you, Mandy. I've loved our chat. And, um, you know, I really thank you for making it count for so many. Thank you very much, Julie. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.